You're listening to Nowhere to Run with Chris White on the Revelations Radio Network. Hey everybody, welcome to Nowhere to Run. Thanks for tuning in to the show. I've got a great show for you. This is an interview that I just got done with with a guy named Paul Flynn. Paul is an Irish filmmaker and his website is megidofilms.org. He just got done with a project that he calls The Power Behind the New World Order. It's a great film, very comprehensive, two and a half hours, and we'll talk a lot about it, so you'll hear about that in the context of of the interview. I'll put all his information in the show notes of my website, nowheretorunradio.com. And without any further explanation, here is Paul Flynn. Okay, um, I've been saved now about... I suppose about two years and about two months since about March 2009. Um, I've been researching the New World Order now, I suppose, a little over three years. Um, I kind of got into it through um, campaigning for the Lisbon Treaty in Ireland um, and a bunch of other things I was researching at the time. And I remember just kind of looking into 9-11 and a lot of different things like that and just kind of going, it kind of shook my world up a lot when I started looking into a lot of different things of like that. And I remember just thinking, because I, I, I was a, I used to be a big party animal, I'd say about three years ago. And I was, you know, I didn't really take much interest in politics at all. And I remember just kind of going, it was the first thing that probably shook me up was, wow, they blew up those buildings. So I was, that kind of, that was the first thing that kind of, you know, you know, when you're kind of looking at something and you, you just can't let it go. So I looked more and more into it. And then over a period of time, um, the explanation that I was kind of seeing that, okay, there are these evil people who just want to control us and, you know, that there's, they just, you know, power or money or whatever. It didn't really seem to make sense to me. It was, I, you know, I was just thinking there had to be some kind of, underlying motive um and uh, i think i'm reading a lot of the writings um you know when you stumble upon Arbor pike and a lot of you know bohemian grove and a lot of these other things and you just see that these guys have a religion and before i started to get into this just to give you a little bit more of a background i was i used to be i used to play in a couple of metal bands and i was i suppose you could probably call i was partially involved in satanism for a while but nothing nothing too heavy but more just the ideology and i was pretty viciously anti-christian but when i discovered stuff like uh, bohemian grove and the fact that these people who i was against what they were doing were luciferians and i was like this is what a satanist is it's not just anton levey or you know a couple other guys so it put me right off um and over a period of time, I kind of said, maybe the Bible, Christianity, and Jesus Christ isn't the enemy I thought it was. So then I started just, you know, kind of saying, maybe the Bible is true. So I kind of, you know, started digging in more and more. And I think it was, I was actually watching some YouTube videos. It was some from you, Chris, and some videos from Keith Thompson. And I still remember it was March 2009. I was like walking up uh, the stairs of my house and it just hit me that uh, 
that Jesus was real. And I remember just tears just falling down my face. And because I, I kind of just, because I knew one thing in my head. I said, if, if God does exist, uh, I'm certainly going to hell. <laughs> so it was one of those kind of things that I was crying out. I, di- I didn't have a Bible or anything. And I, a lot of problems I had in my past, like drinking and, they went away pretty fast, you know, when it, when I started that out because a lot of the the New World Order stuff that I was doing, it was it was having a deep impact in my life. I'm good in some ways, bad in others. I would I would drink a lot heavier because I couldn't cope with a lot of the information, and I didn't know how to get it out. But it was true when I start, you know, when almost like I, I took that burden. And I gave it to the Lord. It was, it became light. Um, I even said to people, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't continue this work if it wasn't for the Lord. Um, and over the last two years, I suppose, just trying to explain how it kind of pieces together. Um, not so much with the the physical organizations, but more with the kind of spiritual overlay that there's something that ties all this together, and it's not. You know, it's not so much one organization, but it's this kind of spiritual hierarchy, I suppose you could say. Mm. It's tying it all together, you know, with Lucifer at its head. Mm. Yeah, and and what you did with this, uh, the film, the, the Power Behind the New World Order, it's called, you can find it on YouTube. It's, um, you know, there's a growing number of these kind of uh, exposés coming out. I, I don't think enough of them, but... What what did you want to accomplish by making this film? This two and a half hour film. It's a great film, very overarching uh, idea of everything here. What 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 did you want it to be? What did you want it to be different about it? I wanted to take somebody from the point of because the New World Order is being admitted everywhere now. I think it's you could even turn on mainstream media and come to the point where there's a world government coming. You know. With, you know, people like Glenn Beck and all this other stuff that's out at the moment. Um, but I wanted to take somebody from that point, rather than, you know, turning them into political activists, I wanted to take them from that point to showing them that there's, you know, there's an ideology under all this. There's a reason why they do what they do. It's not, it's just not random acts of violence. It's, they, they really believe that they're doing the right thing. They really believe what they're doing is quote unquote good. Um, they don't quite believe that. You no, know, they just kind of redefine evil. What I wanted to do was show them that from conspiracy, you know, from their own writings, that their god was Lucifer. The Christianity wasn't, you know, the enemy. Um, I wanted to show as well that you know, take somebody. F- I wanted to take the biggest skeptic of the Bible and show them. There is so much evidence to support the Bible. It's not funny. I mean, I went from being, uh, like, I got a science degree and everything. I used to heavily believe in evolution. And I just, I mean, I remember the day I said, you know, you know, you can't prove, you know, creation. You can't do that. You can't go the, you know, and I was one of those guys. But I wanted to kind of show that there is so much evidence. You know, I wanted, you know, with the prophecy section, I said I had to put that in there. Because I didn't want people to just blindly say that the Bible is true. I want people to go out and say, oh, I want to, I want to debunk this guy. You know, I want, you know, because that's the kind of faith that the Bible wants you to have. 
where it's based on proofs. It's not based on, you know, just blindly following um, whatever. There's so much proof to, you know, to support the Bible between 30% prophecy, between um, historical archaeologically being accurate, scientifically accurate, um, and this can be verified in many different ways. And I want to take the most, probably the most ardent skeptic, somebody who knows about the New World Order or doesn't, maybe in some cases, and bring them to the point where they're not so much talking about fighting the New World Order. Well, yeah, yes, in some ways. But who who is Jesus Christ? Because I make the point sometimes that people, the Bible is either one or two things. Either it's the most important book on the planet or it's the biggest fraud that's ever been written. You can't be middle ground with it. You you kind of have to know either way. So, and I used to take the biggest fraud position a couple of years ago. I know for a fact today I can you know stand it without any shadow of doubt. Every word of it is true, and that's not you know because I just blindly took it. I I spent a lot. I think especially even for Christians, I hope they can get something out of it. Where. There's just so much proof that you don't have to take stabs in the dark with these things. Hmm. There's abundant evidence to support the Bible um, and get people fighting the right battle because it's, you know, we have to remind ourselves too as Christians or even, you know, people who are not saved or whatever, that it's a spiritual battle. It's not a political battle. It's not a physical battle. Uh, we battle not against uh, principalities, against princes, against the powers of darkness. You know, we are not, uh, and I make this point a lot, that if you fight the wrong battle, they will kind of, you know, follow that you won't win. But, and the only way you will have victory, you know, the way it's tied up at the end is true faith in Jesus Christ. There's nothing you can do that will stop what's coming. Um, it's, but you will have victory if you've if you've got faith in Jesus Christ. And you know, I remember what hit me when I was doing this research over two years ago is God was the only person who could help me. Well, I think that you did uh, you accomplished those goals, and it's a really it's got a lot of utility. It, it can be used for. Um, getting sort of the hardened conspiracy skeptic to, as you said, sort of get on the page of fighting the right battle. And to, and it also can be used for people that don't really know anything about the New World Order. I mean, the very beginning of it is really sort of a, uh, you know, a crash course and, and all that stuff. And it, it does it rather, you know, I mean, relatively quickly. But it seems like there's a lot, a lot going on in, in the movie. I mean, as you mentioned, there's, there's, there's entire sections on, uh, not just the, the validity of the Bible, uh, but it's also, you know, the uh, authenticity of who Jesus was, who, um, you know, in t- entire sections there that in prophecy, as you mentioned, it really explained that the Daniel uh, prophecies rather well. And it's all done uh, using a, a really uh, solid methodology in, in terms of using the right clips at the right times. There's a lot of clips from from various places. So I know that must have taken a great deal of, of time and, and research to sort of outline that all. Um, d- yeah, it was a lot, of, a lot of contacting people too, because I was just, uh, you know, I said for the first one, trying to, <laughs> just trying to get people off on the right footing. You see, the main, I was like, with this one being my first movie, I just said, I wanted to, you know, 
two, probably two goals, get my name out there, one, and number two, just get people saved. I mean, I said, I can make a film, and a lot of people get a lot of information out of it, and if, you know, if people didn't get saved, or at least grow spiritually out of it, yeah, I wouldn't see the point in it, because, you know, you could, you know, we're only here for such a short time that I just feel that, you know, every everything we do as Christians, if it's not pointing towards the Lord, it's, you know, we can, you know, we can, because I don't want to so much get into, you know, uh, the political, it's important, and I don't think people should ignore it either, and it's important to be aware, but also, you know, obviously see it in a kind of biblical context. Right. You know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things done there, uh, and they really went into detail about. I mean, the the idea, of course, is the power behind the new world order. So you're effectively uh, trying to uh, at least um, uh, to to explain what that power is. And in the context of that, you described a lot of stuff about Luciferianism, and I thought that that was rather well done. One quote uh, from it, I don't remember who it was from, but it started out: uh, Luciferianism is the product. Of religious engineering. Oh, Philip D. Collins. From yeah. The Spiracy Archive. Yeah, that was it. Uh, and it was a, it's a really, it really is like that. It seems like throughout history, all the, the religions of the world, pagan or, or even, uh, mainstream are somehow twisting it to a Luciferian doctrine. You know, it, it's interesting, even the idea of sun worship, which is, you know something that is very consistent all throughout the um, the, the known religious world, um, which contrary to a lot of conspiracy belief is condemned in the Bible. But Ezekiel twenty eight seventeen, speaking of Lucifer, says, "Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty; thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness." Um, and it, it's almost like uh, Lucifer is like, okay, well, you know, in one way that's. That's a manifestation of him throughout the ages. What did you find about Luciferianism and, and the people that promote it and believe it? What is their what is their thoughts about it at the top? What, what did your research reveal? What I find is, you know, they will mention Lucifer so much. You know, you'll get you know kind of in a footnote. You know, you'll have to, you know, search hard enough to find mention of Lucifer. Even, you know, Alice Bailey. And I mean, sometimes I say. To People, if you take out some of the references to Lucifer, it sounds wonderful. You know, we're creating this better world and and all this kind of stuff. What I kind of found was, we see, uh, you know, again, it's kind of a, there's a lot of spiritual manipulation with, you know, different people who are channeling this information, um, be it, you know, Blavatsky, Bailey, um, you know, whoever, whoever else that they believe that they're kind of creating this kind of better world. But it's funny how they're just kind of redefining good and evil. They're redefining good and evil in such a way that the separative um, element, be the Jews or the Christians, sometimes Muslims I'll mention as well, that they're the ones who are kind of holding back this, you know, this kind of global evolution. What they... What they really seem to see, and not so much at the top levels, more of the levels are a little bit lower down, but from what I can see, you know, that Lucifer is this, you know, benevolent, kind of the, the hero, you know, the, um, I mean, even, it kind of, I think I spend a lot of time with the kind of Luciferian section is because it kind of touched towards a bit of my past because, like, um, I used to believe a lot of that stuff, 
that the elite believed about probably about four years ago before I was a crusade Christian. And some of it kind of touched upon me as in, I used to believe that. I used to believe, you know, I was my own God. I, you know, I even got to the point where I thought Lucifer was this, was the hero. You know, I didn't really believe he existed, but he was the kind of guy who was rebelling against this, you know, this tyrannical God almost. So, Again, I, I thought it was important just to Luciferianism. It's, it's kind of a hard thing to define almost. But if I was going to define it as one thing, it is what's common with all these people is that man can become God. Or as Bill Cooper stated, you know, uh, man can conquer the earth, can conquer nature, and can himself become God. Kind of going back to Francis Bacon, kind of this whole idea of creating paradise on earth, going back to these uh, the Garden of Eden kind of, idea where we can fix the problems like we can pull ourselves up by our metaphysical bootstraps almost and you know that sin no longer is the problem you know this is you know that it's um, these forces of good and evil the yin yang that again it's it sounds wonderful and i can kind of see you know why some people might get sucked into it you know obviously until you read whatever page and it says lucifer is god you know that might scare people away but a lot of the time it's you know i I particularly like william t stills quote when he stated that you know it's it's belief in a kind of a mythical lucifer it's political idealism that's how it kind of manifests itself that you know when you see you know liberation theology or anything like that these kind of revolutionary movements they're based on Luciferianism. Now, not that the people themselves who believe these things are Luciferian so much, but their beliefs come straight from the Luciferians themselves. And, um, and uh, you know, there seems to be a difference between Satanism and Luciferianism. Satanists seem to, you know, want the, the world to burn, you know, with Karl Marx and people such as this. But it is, it is seen as something good. You know, even with Pike, he believed that the good God was Lucifer and he was fighting for humanity. This whole idea that, um, again, Gnosticism, you know, the, the good and the bad, the, you know, you need logically, according to them, uh, the, the bad God, you know, God who created, you know, um, this earth. And then you've got, um, you know, Lucifer, Sophia, whatever you want to call her. Um, or him that kind of gave this knowledge that is, you know, our redeemer. You know, we're being released from the enslavement of, you know, and they'll, they'll sometimes say medieval society, but I think a lot of the groups who are behind that are behind this. Right. It's just, it's veneration of the, the characteristics of Lucifer. And it's interesting that a lot of the, the truth movement uh, sort of, it's almost like everybody has a presentation about what to do with Genesis chapter three. I mean, they always recast it. What this is really saying here, folks, is they might not even make a big deal about it. But what they've done is they've made uh, Lucifer the good guy, you know, and that's that's sort of all that's really necessary, it seems, for like one level. But, you know, then then there are levels like you mentioned of, um, well, uh, uh, Pike or, or others uh, that, that venerate the characteristics of a being or force uh, in, in that, in a very direct way, 
also believing that he is this this angel of light, this real that you know essentially the characteristics of him being a, a personalized being is correct, but they choose to venerate him, and I think that's what we get a lot with the with the you know the the ones that are carrying out the rituals and things like that. But um, the let me ask you, you know, that also sort of ties into the promulgation of of the new age, and because ultimately the new age has. Uh, is, is gearing people or steering people towards that direction of, of a mindset. What do you feel the purpose of getting people generally into the new age is? I mean, you, you answered it a little bit in your film, I think. Um, yeah. But, but go ahead, what's, what's the point of, of the uh, occult rise? Well, what I personally believe, I think it's, I don't believe so much it started in the sixties. I think, uh, a lot of what the externalization of the hierarchy was in, I think it probably started mainly with, you know, old, you know, masonry from the 1700s, and then became a bit more accelerated. And I think to kind of, kind of like you know, Fritz Bringmeier believed, you know, we're in a period of time, you know, the externalization of the hierarchy to take that um, the ideology of the belief, you know, of the elite and make it of that, of the general population. Um, I think this goes back, you know, a very long time. I'm doing a lot of research for the next film I'm doing as well, but suffice to say that it's, it's kind of, it's nothing new. I mean, you know, with, you know, obviously, you know, we can look at, you know, even Plato, Francis Bacon, and a lot of other people who um, believe a lot of the same things. But in the last, you could say the last, 50 years you can see you know a huge acceleration of it um especially with um you know alice bailey's book the externalization of the hierarchy basically just to take the society to the point where i believe this anyway that it will destroy itself to the point where it's going to be crying out for the antichrist um that they're just going to because if you create this world of anarchy where you know we're you destroy the government by revolution. You get um, posts, you know, the French Revolution times, you know, a thousand, <laughs> um, and which I believe, well, you know, who, you know, it's hard to know sometimes because, you know, the Lord's in control, you know, at any of this stuff. But you know, when the, you know, when the Great Tribulation starts, you know, I think um, it's going to be a lot of this. You know, coming out this, um, you know, and uh, you know, I, I kind of personally believe that a lot of it's going to be, you know, it's going to be probably like dominoes that they're kind of preparing people. I suppose ultimately just to worship one man, the Antichrist, but they have to recast Jesus Christ. You know, you know, anti, not just meaning that he's against, but you know, also meaning you know the word anti, you know, also meaning instead of. And I think it's basically going to be this kind of a counterfeit Christ that the world's going to say, oh, you see, these, these separatist Christians, they've been wrong all along, you know, God loves all the religions. It's going to be something like that. It's going to be, and it plays into man's heart because, you know, I think there's a part of all of us we don't want to fight. We just don't want to get along and sing kumbaya. You know, none of us want to be divisive, I guess, mm. but... You know, we know, we, you know, oh, you couldn't possibly have the truth, you know, or anything like that. And, you know, that seems to be popular today. 
but it's basically the inner doctrines as a belief, you know, uh, universalism, making that popular, you know, postmodernism, postmodernism as a kind of a product of that as well, that um, you'd even read really old writings, you know, from the Jesuits even before that, you know, their inner doctrine was universalism, it's the same doctrine, it's this, and you'll see it kind of playing out in Catholicism where, you know, it's kind of like, you know, hell's only for Hitler and Stalin and everybody else is pretty good, so they'll go to heaven. It, it kind of plays itself out in that kind of in that kind of way from the way from the way I see it. The way um, and it's it's got ten, its tentacles go back a long, long way. And you know, I just it's kind of weird because there's a there's a, there is a definite plan there. There's um, and you know the point where I'm at at the moment, I'm obviously certain that it's, um, oh, it's you know it's Lucifer, you know, you know, kind of um, in control of a lot of these groups. But you know he's trying to be like you know trying to be like God, you know, in Isaiah 14:12, and you know when his great plan, or you know was it 14, 14:12, but um, you know when he talks about I will be like the Most High, you know his five famous I wills. That um, he's trying to, you know, recreate that. He's kind of, you know, trying to create the counterfeit, get the counterfeit out there before people can see the real. Because you know, we all know when we witness to people or anything, people kind of get this idea of the Bible. It's like, oh, I don't want to read that. So they're trying to get, you know, they're trying to get their doctrine out there before the Christians can get there. Yeah, there's a there's a quote in the movie that says that today because of this. Um uh, proliferation of occult materials and ideology. It says that we are far more susceptible today than the German, uh, than uh, the Germany that embraced Adolf Hitler. And that's mm. a really sobering quote because you know we are. I mean, the, the German people were they they embraced essentially New Age doctrine to the core. I mean, they embraced a a, a sort of form of, of theosophy, and they didn't have anything building up to it. And we have. All but embrace that as a as a as a as a precursor to a much bigger uh, form of of the Nazi regime. In one sense, it's possible. Oh, big time, big time! I think it's um, the, you know the the precursor from what I can see in the, of the 1930s and the um, proliferation of um, occultism. What's going on? What's what's gone on since the the counter uh, the counterculture of the 60s is infinitely times worse. Definitely. And, yeah. What do you what do we do? How do we as Christians balance um the let's say the evangelism of the New World Order and the uh, evangelism of, of Christ? Like how much do we I mean I get emails all the time of people that are, you know, that's that they think it's the most important thing in the world to go tell people about the New World Order mm-hmm. and I agree that that is extremely important, but where where is the balance? How do you see the balance? Yeah, great question. Um, it's it, it's a tough one. It's it's not something that's easy. I think you reach it over time, but I think the only way you reach it as a Christian is by spending more of your time in the Bible. Um, you, you can you know you can spend a lot of time reading all sorts of books, but you need a kind of a I suppose a measuring tape to see you know what is truth. I, I definitely wouldn't say to people to ignore this stuff. Um, I think, you know, what you know, Jesus says in the Bible, 
watch watch ye therefore for you you know not the time or the hour it doesn't mean ignore therefore go to sleep and sit in the back of the church you know i mean i get some ridiculous arguments of why i shouldn't you know oh we shouldn't be controversial as christians i mean john the baptist was pretty controversial um you know it's it's all about, it is all about striking a balance you can go i i believe there's some people who've gone too overboard with conspiracies and not enough time in the Word of God. And I think people can go the other way too. And I think it's somewhere in the middle. And I just think when it affects the spiritual life of people, especially your local church, and I think that should be the the main focus as much as you can do that. But wherever God is leading, I mean, God can put different burdens in people's hearts, um, you know, like you with your online ministry. But what we need to do is be responsible. What we, you know, kind of what we put up, you know, is it out there just to kind of say, oh, I've discovered this amazing fact, or will it actually help somebody grow closer to the Lord? And I think that's ultimately got to be our goal. We are, you know, it says, go you therefore and go into all the world and teach them all things whatsoever I commanded you. I think there's more to the Great Commission than just preaching the gospel. Now, that's the most important thing, without a doubt, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think there's more to, you know, what, you know, in Ephesians uh, 5, 11, when it says, you know, to expose, you know, do not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them or expose them. You know, it, we're commanded to do it. And whatever light the Lord has given you, say, if you see something coming ahead and, you know, Almost like the the idea of uh, a watchman in Ezekiel, and you do not warn the people. I think there's a certain responsibility if you see this coming ahead to warn the people, you know. Um, but at the same time, in a way that's edifying, I think be, be you know, I would say to people who are doing the New World Order research, and or, you know, if you're not saved, get saved, and and if you're saved, just Make the Bible your main priority because it's like any of our responsibilities as Christians, we, they, they won't clash with each other. God's got a way that, that works kind of for you, if you know what I mean. It's, if, if you're listening to, if you're praying and you're, you're in the Word daily, He's going to show you how much time you should spend on these things. But I do believe that that balance only comes by spending a lot of time in the Word of God. Um, it doesn't come from, you know, any methodology or anything. It just kind of comes from what will edify your brothers and sisters in Christ. I think that's, if that's your main goal, you know, if you say you, you, you know, if you debunk somebody because it'll get somebody saved or, or you expose something because people are being led astray. I think that's, you know, I believe that that's, you know, something that'll help people come to know the Lord and, you know, achieve by the grace of God, a lot of great things. But if it's to if it's to just throw up every rumor on the planet on your page, so so you get hits, I think that's another extreme altogether. And yeah, I, I think we got to be careful with everything we've got to put out there as well. This, you know, mm-hmm. I think that your answer is exemplified in the film too, uh, because it is so it is so balanced and it, it obviously shows. 
that your your motivation is uh, rooted in your devotion. Uh, I, I think that it is it, it becomes very evident. You know, one of the sections of the movie that I I thought was really appropriate was what do we do in light of this information? Um, and you really spend a lot of time on that that answering that question. Okay, so we find out all this stuff. We we realize that the Bible is true. What's the next step? And maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, I was thinking about the ending, and I was thinking about um, just kind of presented in such a way that I kind of wanted to do two things: offer, you know, the greatest gift any of us can ever be given. You know, when Paul talks about, you know, one to me, if I preach not the gospel, I think it's like in First, Second Corinthians. You know that the responsibility we as believers have to to share that that I kind of wanted to offer that, but also offer a warning, you know, that there is condemnation for anybody who rejects this. You know, it's, you know, it's not just, you know, this wonderful way of winning this battle. You know, Jesus is all we have. <laughs> you know, there's, um, there's, you know, there's, I remember, how I got saved exactly was I probably was more, I was divorced from the world and the evil of it. And I'd researched all of it like crazy and I realized the fruit of it. So I wanted God in my life. I think if, you know, if you're doing it that way, it works really well. Um, you know, and it's, you know, and I said, you know, we're all trying to, how do we defeat the new world order? How do we win this? How do we, you can have victory. And, you know, if somebody's listening tonight and going, you know, I don't, but, you know, victory comes through faith in Jesus Christ. You've won. The devil's lost. Now, it doesn't mean since you got saved that you don't keep fighting. There's a, the, you know, the devil, you know, the devil going to be mad, <laughs> you know, because you got saved, you know. Um, you know, in some ways your troubles have just started, you know, because you've got to get into word because the devil is going to be gunning for you. Um, but you... You know, you're a child of the Most High now, if you're saved. You know, there's, because, I mean, sometimes we lose, you know, we lose sight of eternity. We lose sight of how short of a time we're here. And basically to say, how do you have victory? You believe on his name. Oh, it sounds too simple. Oh, it is. He couldn't have made it any easier. Um, and, but also that, it's a narrow way. There isn't many ways. Like I keep saying this, that you got to do one or two things. Either you got to, you know, research the Bible, make sure. I mean, ask it every question, or you've got to expose it. Because I'll, I'll be honest, I would probably be doing one or one or two things. I would be because you know, I mean, I you know. I strongly, I don't believe in this, sometimes this kind of, um, you know, there's no evidence to prove this, there's no evidence to prove that. The, the faith of the Bible is based on proofs. God does not want us ever to be led astray. Now, we will be led astray at times, basically because, for whatever reason, you know, we didn't listen to God or, you know, we didn't, you know, test out these things enough or whatever. But God has given us the wherewithal, um, he's given us all the brain, he's given us all the ability, the spiritual discernment through the Holy Spirit to you know, to make, I suppose you could say, the right decisions. And, I mean, 
I think there's got to be, you know, a good bond. I mean, as in, you know, at the end of the movie, the, the love of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, the, the th- what he has done for us all, the gift he's offered us all, and also the condemnation, because I think there's got to be a certain level of fear. I mean, when I cried out to the Lord that night, I had fear in my heart. Not just because I, I, you know, because I knew, I knew in my heart, without God, I was, I was on a one-way street to hell, and I deserved it. And I didn't know much about the Bible, but I knew enough about me to kind of go, you know, the, I think there's a good, ba- I, I hope there's a good balance there, and you know, to kind of, and also I tried to put in the, you know, the Cantovan thing at the very end that don't worry about the same world order stuff. You're saved. You've got victory. Now give that victory or share that victory with others. That's the most important thing you can do. Um, if I'm witnessing somebody in the street or whatever, and they have no interest in a new world order, I won't even bring it up. You know, I, you know. if you want to think the Muslims did 9-11, that's great. Do you know the Lord? If it messes up your walk, now then I might you know, have a word with you. <laughs> But otherwise, there's no point in bringing it up. Some people are just not interested in politics. There's got to be, is it messing up your walk with the Lord? Then, you know, then maybe do a bit of digging. Right. I know, I know what me and Mike, you know, I'm insanely curious about these things, that it would probably mess up my walk if I didn't have a little bit of knowledge about it. <laughs> right. No, that's a good point. It's a really good uh, point. So give us some practical ideas. Where where did you go when you were trying to learn about the Bible? Uh, did, how did that function in your life? Were there any particular teachers or authors or books or anything? Um, how did it start? I mean, it started off um, – a great movie that kind of started me off was Keith Thompson's movie, uh, The New Age Infiltration of the Truth Movement. And I think I went on a binge of a few days of um, just checking out everything by him, by you as well. And that's how actually that was the week I got saved because just a lot of things just fell into place very, very fast. And God kind of brought a lot of con- you know conditions in my life that mean that stopped me from partying at the time. You know, this was like at the time, I mean, there's still a lot of people where I'm from in Ireland think I've gone nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, I'll put my hands up there. You know, I get that message every now and again. I, Paul, I think you've had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> So this happens every now and again, you know. So I mean, this is this is out of the blue for a lot of people who've known me for a long time. Um, what and that started me off in the road. I mean, to say that there was proof and because I'll be honest, I need something to. I couldn't, you know. I remember when I first got saved. I mean, I was just trying to tell people, I was like, "Well, you're a Christian now. Well, do you believe this?" And I'm like, "I'm not sure. I, I just believe in Jesus." So those kind of conversations. <laughs> Made me kind of like, okay, I gotta know about this stuff now because I, feel, you know, I feel silly, you know. So I wanted to get rid of that. So I, I um, a lot of stuff. Uh, Dave Hunt, um, you know, Chuck uh, Minister, um, uh, probably, you know, I, you know, if I'm working, say, I don't know, if I'm cleaning dishes, I'll have a sermon on the background. I'm, you know. I mean, as soon as I got saved, um, I just spent, I think, hours every day just listening to sermons. And I just, the, you know, that feeling, and you know, you feel like you've wasted the first, I was, what, 24, 25 <laughs> right. 
I wasted the first 25 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, and I still have this to this day. I wake up in the morning and I feel blessed I'm alive because I try to look at it that way. I, I think it's imperative we do that. We thank God for every little breath we have in our body because if we do that, it's impossible for any of the darts of the enemy to get at you. Um, what else? I, I, I try to read everything. That's my kind of, I, you know, I try to read everything as much as possible. Um, what else have I got recently? This, or uh, you know, um, I'm, you know, reading a lot of church history stuff at the moment, uh, stuff like David Cloud, but I just try to, I know, just tr- hearing about, you know, the forgotten Christians, a lot of that thing kind of, you know, kind of spurs me on. Even the Bible, you know, you look at, I feel like a wuss when I read, you know, things like well, Apostle Paul went through, you know. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's so much in there, you know, because I think what happens to Christians sometimes they go, oh, that was 2,000 years ago, that was 3,000 years ago. And I feel like saying, whoa, 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 he had the same spirit of God in him that we have, you know. I mean, you know, we, you know, Christianity turned the world upside down for one reason. Those people really had the courage or the conviction to do what they believed, and you know, and there was no fake Christian because of, you know, people, you know, you were you weren't going to die for something you didn't believe in. Um, but I don't know, just a lot of that kind of thing. Um, I just try to read um, as much history. I'm still insanely curious how it all fits together. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few unanswered questions that I still have. I'll, uh, I have to mention as well Chris Pinto's films. I mean, I think I've seen every single one of his films. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, you know, a lot of your material as well, Keith Toms, you know, on, 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 I just try to, try to mix it up as much as possible, you That's know, cool. and, you know, try to reference everything that's the word of God. So let's talk, uh, let's kind of wrap up on the, and tell us first of all about the next project. What, what's your idea for the next film? Um, I'm, the next one's going to be in church history. Um, it, it looks like it's going to be pretty big, um, as in a couple of volumes kind of thing. Um, it, it gonna, I want to do a film. The first film is going to deal on kind of the early church, kind of up to the time of Constantine and the first popes. Um, kind of really just hammer out a lot of the issues that are, you know, there's a lot of myths out there of what happened in the Council of Nicaea, and you know, you've done a video on that and. A lot of people have, you know, I think some people don't want to hear it when they see the truth. And some people really do want the truth sometimes and don't realize that, you know, they think, oh, the Bible was written, you know, in the fourth century. Um, you know, I think a, a lot of a lot of Christians know about this stuff, but, you know, don't seem to think it's necessary. I think at the same time, you know, we can show by the Bible without a shadow of doubt that, you know, stuff institutions like the Catholic Church have no legitimacy. You really have to, you know, squint your eyes at a few passages to really make them mean what they think they mean, but that's another story. But even by history, I really, really, really want to show how much of a kind of a, I suppose you could call it a slam dunk, that history doesn't even favor Catholicism. Catholicism, we know what today, probably has only really existed a little under a thousand years, if even that long. Um, just to kind of show people, because I think if people could get rid of this idea in their heads that 
it's been the church around for 2,000 years, then maybe they could get the blinkers off when it comes to the Bible. <laughs> right. You well, know. That's, that's awesome. I think that's a really needed uh, um, project. Um, so I, best my, as best as I can tell from YouTube, various uploads of your film uh, have been seen probably upwards of 30,000 times or at least somewhere around there. I'm sure that number is higher than that on different places that it's uploaded. Um, what is the best way to see your film? How do you want people to share your film? Any ideas for, for getting it and all those kinds of things? Where can they get a hold of you? Um, well, my website is uh, Um I mean, there's a, the best version is probably on Vimeo. Um, it came out the clearest. Um, YouTube tends to destroy some of the quality a lot. Um, Vimeo seems to retain it from what I can see anyway. Um, you know, I've got a YouTube page. Um, if you just type in Megato Films, um, and a lot of times, uh, just to clarify for people, sometimes we pronounce that Megiddo like you know. Oh, but yeah, yeah Meg- they'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so yeah, there's a YouTube page, um, YouTube.com Megiddo Films, and yeah, I mean, I don't like you know. A lot of people have emailed me, said, can they put it on their YouTube page? Oh, you know, I've, I've, you know, I'll be honored if anybody did because, I mean, I'm not so much worried about the, just, you know, get it out there, you know, copy the DVDs if you want. Um, you know, this is kind of more, you know, we don't know, none of us know how long we've got, um, you know, you know, you know, is it the book of James? It talks about, you know, lights with a vapor. We've got such a short time here. And not even just talking about, you know, that the rapture is going to be tomorrow or anything like that. None of us know how long we've got to share the gospel. I think if we all heard, you know, we two days to live or something, what would we do with saved Christians? We'd probably witness to our family like crazy. Just it, treat it like that. Treat it like the hour, you know, we're, you know, we're in the bottom of the ninth and, you know, you know, we've got to get the word out. I think we've we got to get that urgency out. We've got to get that, um, and I hope that it kind of puts a little bit of urgency. I don't want to kind of, I don't want to freak people out as well, you know, with the film. You know, I, I want it to kind of, you know, you can ignore the stuff and, you know, as Christians and it, it might be, you know, it's better to know these things, pray about it. Because if you do know these things and you're not worried, you really are trusting the Lord. You know, it's, you know, um, but yeah, you can watch it on on YouTube. Um, I think it's 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 spread all over the place at some stage. I think if if you just Google uh, of Films" or "The Power Behind the New World Order," um, response has been fantastic. And I'd like to thank you know anybody's emailed me and just kind of um, yeah, it's going great. I'm um, I'm shocked. I was gonna say like if I got a thousand hits in total of the whole thing, I would have made another one. So. I'll probably make another 30 films at this rate. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Uh, do you have a copy that they could buy or anything? Um, no, I, I, d- I didn't, um, I didn't anticipate the demand. <laughs> so, um, but there will be for the next one. Um, I'm hoping to organize a, you know, kind of all original footage. I'm trying to line up interviews and everything. Right. Um, bigger kind of budget kind of thing. This was, I mean, this film was very much a kind of, a mixture between, you know, bits here and there. I got Patrick Heron. Patrick Heron didn't really live that far from me, so I just kind of jumped in a, a bus and came up to him. So, it, you know, it was kind of put together in a, you know, shoestring to a certain, you know, budget. But there will be, you know, I'm hoping the next one to go a bit more out. And, um, 
you know, get another camera and, you know, um, you know, kind of get bigger names and, you know, just kind of push the boat on this because I just think, um, it's, you know, it's very hard to get this information. You have to do a fair bit of digging. Um, not so much in the New World Order. The New World Order stuff is, you know, you know, it's got like, you know, billions of hits. You know, you type in the word New World Order. But from a Christian perspective, and I'll encourage people listening, I think there's plenty of Christians out there who understand this stuff, but very few are actually writing articles. And you don't even have to do videos. Just go write an article. Um, go, you know, do a little. I think people can be very creative and get the get the word out there somehow, and probably explain a lot better than I could. And I, I you know, I would encourage people to do that because um, I, I just think what's happening is we feel like we don't have the answers, and we we have that all the answers are, are in that book. They're there somewhere. Um, we may not have found them yet, but they're there somewhere. Awesome, Paul. You can find Paul at his website, megidofilms.org. You can also find him on YouTube, or excuse me, Facebook, which is facebook.com slash megidofilms. And, um, yeah, I would really encourage you to stop by the website. It's a place where you can donate if you uh, uh, feel encouraged to do that. And, Paul, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. I think it's going to be uh, – I, I hope this film you know, really blesses people and, and really does what you set it out to do. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me on. Okay, bye-bye.